Okay, so the Pasuk says in Perikav Gimel, Svarta Lechem Mimacharat HaShabbat, Miyom Aviachemet Omer HaTunupva. You should count, the Torah says. Mimacharat HaShabbat. Right, the word Shabbat is problematic. Mimacharat HaShabbat means the day after Shabbat. Miyom Aviachemet Omer HaTunupva. From the day that you bring the heave offering of an, an omer's amount. An omer is, a, is an amount, uh, a solid measure. I don't know what it is, but I don't go for that. Sheva Shabbatot Mimoti Yena. Now seven Shabbatot. Here the word Shabbat probably means weeks. Sheva Shabbatot seven weeks to me mot to me mot means they're not missing anything they're not blemished they're complete so look again at the pasuk that sounds reasonable i could do that shabbat we don't know what the word shabbat means but well at least we're annoyed by the fact that we remember that when did we start counting the Svirata Omer? The day after Yantiv of Pesach. The day after Yantiv of Pesach. So in other words, we have to say something. How do we get from Mocharata Shabbat, which sounds like it's about Shabbat, to, uh, to the day after the Yantiv of Pesach? We see that in history, this was a big problem. Then we have Sheva Shabbatot Tmimot Tiena, seven weeks Tmimot, full, unblemished, no cutting any corners. They shall be. You should count them. You should count them. The next Pasuk says, Ad Mocharata Shabbat Ashviit Tisperucha Mishim Yom, until after the seventh Shabbat. But here the word Shabbat means weak. Must be. In other words, the word Shabbat can either be Shabbat, the seventh day of the week. It can mean a Shabbat, which is like a week. And it could also mean, as we will see, it can mean Yantif. Yantif is also called Shabbat. So the word Shabbat has those three potential meanings. And here in this Pasuk, what is the Shabbat Hashviit? It could be the seventh week. Until after the seventh week, So in this difficult, this difficulty, right, Rashi tries to give us a little direction. So what does Rashi say? Rashi says, like you know, there was this problem. There was this problem. There were Jews who said that you should count, start counting Svirata Omer from the first Shabbat in Pesach, on Pesach. In other words, if the first day of Pesach was Shabbat, then you would start counting the day after the first day. But if the first day of Pesach was Wednesday, so you wouldn't start counting until after Shabbat. Thursday, Friday, Shabbos, then to count. 
So there were Jews who did that, who felt that that was the simple meaning of the text, of the Torah. Like there were Jews who, who started counting the day after Shabbat <coughs> in Pesach. Those Jews were called Karaites. Karaites. Now, Karaites, it is not true that the Karaites disagreed with everything that the non-Karaites did, but they disagreed about some things. And one of them was this. Was this. So that means that according to the Karaites, on some years, Shavuot would come out several days later than it did for the Rabbanim. That's us. Okay? So Rashi says, solves the problem. Mimocharat Shabbat, he says, Mimocharat Yom Tov. Mimocharat Yom Tov. What's Yom Tov? It's the first day of Pesach. Yom Tov refers to the first day of Pesach. So you start counting after the first day of Pesach. That's what we do, right? After the first day of Pesach, you know that in these Haggadot that are printed for consumption in the Chutzlaretz, they include Svirat Omer on the second day, the second night. And that is, in other words, you have that anomaly. I don't want to be too confused, but you have this anomaly, right? That in Chutzlaretz, you add a day. The first day of Yom Tov becomes two days of Yom Tov. Right, but Shavuot comes out on the same day for everybody. Right? Mm -hmm. So how could that be? So it only could be if on the one hand you're adding a day of Yontif, but on the other hand, the second day of Yontif, you make believe that it's like the second day in Eretz Israel, which is odd, but is good because then everybody has Shavuot on the same day. And that's good. So that's Mimocharat Shabbat. Then the Pasuk says, Sheva Shabbatot Mimot Tiyena. Right? Tmimot. Right? We explained the word Tamim. Tamim means unblemished. Rashi says, what does it mean? Then when do you count the Omer? At night. In, even though every day, like yesterday, is 32, right? Yesterday was 32. So it's 32 all day. And we know that if you didn't count at the beginning of the night, you can count at the, later at the night. If you didn't count at night, you can count in the morning. But of course, there's a problem with whether you can say a bracha. You not say a bracha. I'm not. I'm not going into that. But I'm just saying that Rashi. Rashi says, "What does tmimot mean? That you have to count at the beginning of the night. You have to count at the beginning of the night. Then the whole day is counted, so to speak. The whole day has to be counted. Tmimot tiyena if you don't start counting at the beginning of the night, then they are not in this subgroup called Tmimot. Right? So we know that according to the way we understand the halakha, 
or the, that you start counting on the day after Pesach, Chiyotiv of Pesach, and you count in the beginning of the evening. <coughs> the Pesach says, B'mokharat HaShabbat HaShvi'it is he says, you count seven weeks. And Rashi tells us that seven weeks is, is 49 days. Even though, even though in the Pesach it says, Tisperu Chamishim Yom. It says, count 50 days. So Rashi says, well, that can mean two things. It either means you count up to 50, include 50, or you mean you count up to 50 and you don't include 50. I mean, that's like a, it's a fault in language. There's nothing you could do. So Rashi says, Rashi says, Lo ad bichlau means you don't include the 50th day, right? Lo ad bichlau. Vehein arba'im yom. That 49 days that you count even though the word chamishim is clearly stated in the pasuk, which sounds like it could be that you count 50 days. But you don't count 50 days. The 50th day, the 50th day is Shavuot. It's another holiday. Chamishim uh, yom. And then the crafted mincha chadashah you should give a sacrifice mincha, the word mincha refers to a meal offering. A meal offering is like, uh, you know, you have a pan and you put it in the fire and you put meal on it, you know, something like wheat and, uh, and, and it becomes edible after a while. Rashi says, That's what you do on the 50th day. In other words, Rashi says that the, the, the uh, word chamishim has a place. It, it, it's not just to confuse us, because the pasuk says "tisbiru chamishim yom," which means you count forty-nine days. But "tisbiru chamishim yom" also means <coughs> that on the fiftieth day you bring a mincha chadasha l'Hashem. You bring this sacrifice. Biyom chamishim takrivua v'omer ani. Zeu midrasho. Vomer ani. Zeu midrasho. Like this is also something that you have to think about. Rashi makes a distinction in interpretation between pshat and drash, which we've discussed many times. Right? And it's not always clear to us what that distinction, how that distinction works. However, Usually, the halachic interpretation, according to Rashi, is pshat. And the word pshat could be substituted by correct. Right? Not the simple meaning that we think of today, like you read the words and whatever comes out, that's pshat. That's not generally Rashi's position. Now, you have to distinguish between halachic material and non-halachic material. But when it comes to halachic material, Rashi usually says, when it comes to halachic material, Rashi usually says, pshat is the correct interpretation. And the correct interpretation is what Chazal told us. 
the halachic interpretation. That's the correct interpretation. So Rashi says, Rashi says, he says, well, me'ani zeu midrasho. Avopshuto, the pshat meaning, ad me mocharat ha-shabbat ha-shevi'it shu yom chamishim tisperu. Count until 50, until 50. Count 49 and then stop. Until 50. Umikra misurasu. Mikra Rashi had this idea that sometimes the word order in the Torah was misleading. And all you had to do, you, you were allowed to move it around like Lego. Right? Uh, there's a posuk in... Uh, there's a posuk in, uh, in Beshalach who talks about the man. The Pesach says, Vayarom tolaim vayivash. If you left the man, like let's say you tried to save the man, <coughs> so you'd have, wanted to guarantee that you'd have man tomorrow. So you took more than the allocated amount. The allocated amount was per capita. There was a per capita amount that you were allowed to take. You took more than that. So what happened was it would turn bad and you wouldn't be able to eat it anyway. Right? That's what the Pesach says. And then what happened when it turned bad? The word Vayarom means Laharim, right? Up came. Up came Tola'im. Tola'im are Worms. Worms, yet worms, tolaim, vayiv ash. Vayiv ash. And it stank. It smelled, right? Vayarom, tolaim, vayiv ash. So it says in the Pasuk, it became wormy and stinky. Right? So the Rishonim asked Rashi, they asked this question, why does it say vayarom, tolaim, vayiv ash? Because usually, Please don't argue about this. But usually it stinks first and then it becomes wormy. That's what everybody, everybody asks. Why does the Torah say? So there are two possibilities, two possible answers. One answer is, one answer is that the Bayarom Tola Imbayevash, the word order is not important. But you can switch it around. It means first there was bash, right? Smell, and then there were worms. It doesn't matter. That's called sirus amikra. You kind of undo what it says and you reorganize the words in a, in, in a more reasonable order. Something that we would have no difficulty doing with something that was written 400 years ago in English or 300 years ago. That's what we do all the time, right? We automatically, in our minds, change the word order, right? The other possibility, and Ibn Ezra says it, is that it was a miracle. It was like a miracle within a miracle. The first miracle was man, that there was such a thing. And the second miracle was that the order that we should know that it's God's will that it should turn rancid and bad Right? That's what God wants. 
So it worked. You could see, everybody could see it's a miracle because first there were worms and then there was a smell. <coughs> so the first option is sirus habikrai. You just move the words around. So that's what Rashi says here. Rashi says, Mikra uh, misarasu, that you should say, Mimbacharata Shabbat Shviit. Uh, that, that, that you should that they are Rashi says you have to move the words around a little bit and you'll figure out that Ad until the 50th day does not include the 50th day that's what Rashi that's what Rashi's trying to tell us okay why would the Torah deliberately choose a non-clear uh, way of writing. It's a question that has bothered me for 30 years. I have no idea. I mean, let me say this. Rashi never explains. Mm -hmm. Never explains that what you ask. Can somebody uh, explain something? Probably. But it's not obvious. It's not obvious. It's not clear. Rashi doesn't explain it. Usually the Ramban doesn't explain it. This is a problem. These are well-known known problems. Okay? Now we'll look at Dvarim. Wait, one thing about the Minchat. The 50th day, you don't bring that Omer. No, the Omer you bring on the first day. Oh. And the 50th day you bring a Mincha Chadasha. Right, right, right. Got right? Okay. So this is also reflected in the Rambam. You see the Rambam, the third source. The Rambam Hilchot Midim Musafim, Perk Zayin, Halacha Kapet. The Rambam says this. Mitzvata say, Lispo Sheba Shabbatot Mimot. There's a positive commandment in the Torah to count seven full weeks. From the day that you bring the Omer. Omer, again, is a solid measure. Right? It's, it's an amount of stuff that you bring as a korban. And the Rambam says the following. The Rambam says the following mitzvah in not hayamim im hashavuot shleimatis peru chamishim yom. That that uh, the pasuk after all says, if you go back to the pasuk, the first pasuk pasuk tetvav says sheva shabbatot mimoti yena. It sounds like you count weeks, right? You have to count every week, and then it says. So that's why we count. That's how we count, what the Rambam says. Yesterday was Shnaim Ushloshim Yom. Shnaim Ushloshim Yom. That's the number of days. And then we say Shehem, you know, four weeks and four days. One. Two weeks and four days. What? No, four. 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 I'm sorry. I'm asking. I'm asking. 
<laughs> we weren't. Um, I didn't get it. No, my math skills are the two you made. Oh, your math skills. Well, it's a good thing you're out of high school. <laughs> in, o- in other words, according to the Rabbah, the halacha makes a big deal out of this. There are other times that we count, but we never do this kind of counting. Weeks and days. I mean, after all, what difference does it make if you say 32 or you say four weeks and four days? And we all know it's the same thing. And yet, that's what the halacha, that's what the halacha demands of us. And the halacha says that this is implied in the pasuk that we learned. The Rambam. One more thing in the Rambam Kabet, mitchilat ayom monim, lefikach moneh balayla, milel shisha zavanisa. And you count at the beginning of the next day, and the beginning of the next day is at night, and that's what mimot means. The Rambam says it clearly, Rashi said it, right? We all, we all agree. This is how you do the mitzvah, it's written in the Torah. The Rambam halacha kagim kavgivul shalach v'lo mana b'layla mana b'yom ve'ein monim elam u'mad v'im mana miyushav yetzav. So the the Rambam says teaches us two more halachot. Shachach v'lo mana b'layla mana b'yom. So that means what? Why do we have to count b'layla? What word tells me that I should count at night? To be mot. So that means that. Even if it's not remote, you could still do it. You could still do that. Maybe it's a problem with the bracha or, or whatever, but you can count. When we say you can count, that means if I forget to count at night, and I count in the morning, then the next night I can continue. Somehow the remote position is, uh, is figured in. <coughs> but there's another halacha. <coughs> <coughs> now, if you were all Talmudists, what would you say? What do you mean, you only can count standing up? What did the Rambam mean to tell us? <laughs> Take a guess. What did the Rambam, what did the Rambam mean to say? What do you mean, okay. You're in shul, or you have a, you know, with a minion. Men, you usually try to do it with a minion. Women, is like a new thing that women count Svirata Omer, which I'm definitely not against. I'm just saying it's a new thing. Your grandmothers did not count Svirata Omer. So, It means that the counting itself is of importance. You stand up because something important is happening. You take the Sefer Torah out of the Aaron College. You stand up, right? Right, because it's important. It's something of significance. In other words, in other words, if you ask yourself the question, why am I counting? That's a question. Like, why, why am I counting? So the simple answer is, which I want to know when Shavuot is. But if what I want to know is when Shavuot comes out, then 
why should I stand when I count them? Every day that I count is insignificant. It's just a page holder. Like yesterday was 32, so today will be this, but it's, it's, it'll just get me to Shavuot. I don't have to know on each day what day it is, but if I say that you should count Svirata Omer, that you should count the Omer standing, it means every day you're doing something that is meaningful. And that becomes the question, or a question. What is it that you are doing when you count Svirata Omer? Now there are other kinds of counting that goes on. For example, we count the month and determine the new month. Who does that? The Beit Din. For example, let's say nobody comes, there are no witnesses who say we saw the new moon. So we know that the month is either 30 days or 31 days, 29 days or 30 days and then the new month. Who decides? The Beit Din decides. Who counts? They count. Do they count out loud? From the last time Rosh Chodesh, they don't. There are other counting. There are other counting. Like women count uh, <coughs> to determine Nida, right? Do they have to count out loud? Do they have to stand up when they count? Whoever heard of such a thing? It's, it's, like, it's like the Rambam sticks it in. You know, and the Rambam says you have to do it standing up. So if you're doing something important, so that means that counting, counting does not only tell you when Shavuot comes out, but the counting itself is of some importance. Each day is important. The tmimim of tmimot of it is important. All you have to do is figure out what's important about it. But we have an inference that says it's important. Okay, I haven't confused everything, have I? I'm sorry. Okay, Mitzvah zo al kol ish mi Yisrael, bekol makom, bekol zman, benashim, babadim, peturim imena. Right? What does this mean? The Rambam says, Mitzvah zo al kol ish mi Yisrael. Unlike Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh, somebody has to just tell me when it's Rosh Chodesh. I don't have to count the days of the previous month. That's why they have in Shul, the, the, the memory of it is on Shabbos when they're Rosh Chodesh. Somebody gets up and says, oh, it's Rosh Chodesh. Right? We have this piyut that we say. But we don't say it every day. We don't say today is the second day of, of Iyar or the third day of Iyar. But here the Rambam says something, that the, there's a mitzvah that is incumbent upon every person be Israel. Every Jew has, has, is, has got to do this mitzvah. <coughs> so if every Jew has to do this mitzvah, so it's like a thing. It's not a nothing. <coughs> it's a thing. So if you look back at top, there's this quote from the Orachayim. The Orachayim 
is in most Mikraot Gedolot, the old style Mikraot Gedolot, not the new one that was put out by Moser Rav Kuk, but the old Mikraot Gedolot all have the Yorchayim. The Yorchayim says this. He says, what do you mean when it says Mi Mocharata Shabbat? Ad Mi Mocharata Shabbat. You see Pasuk Tetzayim. So he says, Perush Me'achshav Kodem Shetich Aretz. That Moshe Rabbeinu speaking to Bnei Yisrael in the parasha of Emor, right, two parashiyot again, uh, uh, before this one, Bechukotai. He said, do this, Svartem Lachem, Svartem Lachem, you count, you count. So the Archaim says, well, that means me'achshav. Kodem shitikan sula aretz. I mean, when are they going to go into Eretz Yisrael? Theoretically, after the book of Ayikra. But it, it got messed up because of the Miraglim. But theoretically, their sojourn in the desert was over. In other words, they saw Eretz Canaan. They saw it on the horizon. Yes? So the Orachim says that Moshe Rabbeinu told B'nai Yisrael, count now, even before you go into Eretz Canaan, before there's an Omer, before there's a Mincha Chadashah, you can't do this, you can't do that, and you, there's no, <coughs> there's no Beit HaMikdash. And yet the Orachim says, you have to do the mitzvah. To the mitzvah, which means another remez that says that the mitzvah of Sriracha Omer is independent of where it gets you to. It's independent of Shavuot. It's true that at the end of seven weeks you get to Shavuot. <coughs> but it's not true that counting the Omer has no meaning. Counting the Omer has meaning. What that meaning is, basically. But it's clear that the Orachim thought that there was meaning. That first we're talking about now, and later on, there's a special addition when they get to Eretz Yisrael according to the Orachayim. And that's why the beginning of the Pasuk says the day after Shabbat liyota mitzvah sheyishne az So he comes up with this remarkable idea that even though the counting of the Omer in the desert doesn't really get you anywhere, right? It's not like you have to know, but you should do the mitzvah. You should do the mitzvah, counting the omer. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu said. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu, This is not, I mean, I'm not quoting the Orachayim because it changes the world, but because the Orachayim was sensitive to this idea that the counting was of special significance and it didn't matter if you got anywhere or not. Now today, Today, I just have to point out further as a little, uh, not a caveat, but something like that. 
Today, this 50th day of the Omer, the 50th day of the Omer always comes out on Vav Sivan. Yes? That's, that's, how, that's for us as Shavuot. But in the olden days, right, there was no guarantee about what the date of 50 days after you start counting would be. So you really didn't know about Shavuot. I mean, you could figure it out. No, you couldn't figure it out. Because between Nisan, right, Pesach is in Nisan, there's Iyar and Sivan, two more months. Each month could be Malay or Chaser, could be, could have an extra day or could be limited. So that the 50th day after Pesach is unknown. Is unknown. So you have another idea that, that somehow you can't get to Shavuot unless you count 50 days. Why couldn't the Torah just tell us, do Shavuot on Vav Sivan? Or on some other day, as the Torah tells us about the other Chagim. Pesach is on the 15th day, the 14th day, the 15th day of Nisan. Similarly, Sukkot. How come Shavuot? I mean, it's just a question. Shavuot doesn't have a date. There's no date in the Torah. Because the 50th day after Pesach, you don't know what day it's going to be. It could be Vav Sivan, it could be Hay, it could be Dalit, it could be Zion, it could be all kinds of days. Okay. So now, I found this Likutei uh, Halachot of Rav Nosum. Remember Rav Nosum? Who uh, was Rav Nachman of Braslov's great Talmud and produced this very interesting work called Likutei Halachot, which is kind of a commentary on the Shulchan Aruch, but very interesting, like different. Not what you'd expect. So, <coughs> all right, let's see if we can, we can go through it. I'd like to get to... Uh, if you look at the three, four, five, sixth line, Vizemam Shechim, you see the sixth line? There's a period in the middle, almost the middle of the line. Three, four, five, six. Yes? Yes. So he says, This is means to pull down. Right, they pull down with the svira by doing this counting. Shemitaknim adibur peh al yidei mitzvat svira kemuvan bekabanot. So he says this idea that when the Torah tells you to say something, there it's like giving you an opportunity to fix, to improve your speech. It was you get the opportunity to say words, to speak words that are a mitzvah, and not just something that came to mind. So that, that's what he is saying. Note the next line. All of this, this idea that speaking is... Uh, 
you know, can be sanctified through a mitzvah. This is all, as give b'seder at right? You remember the davening starts with psuke de zimra. Now, what are psuke de zimra? I mean, usually prakim and tehillim, right? Sometimes just psukim from different places. So, so in, in other words, you say psuke de zimra and then kriyat shema. That's the next part of davening in the morning. Psuke de Zimra, then Kriyachma, and then Ubir Chotav of Kriyachma, there are Brachot that go along. Utvila, Tvila means Shmonasri. Right? So, Sha'ano Oskim Lidaber Befinu, we speak out with our mouths. We somehow come to the conclusion that God created everything. And he says, in this way, we include the elyon batachton, the upper with the lower, the lower with the upper. Now, what is he talking about? One of the great difficulties that the Kabbalists had, I don't mean only the Kabbalists, but I mean the Kabbalists, certainly, they had this difficulty about why the world was created, <coughs> sort, of, sort of separating the heavens and the earth. Why was there a rakia? Rakia, firmament. It took me a long time to figure out what that word might mean. I still haven't got it, but rakia is a firmament. It's something which separates the heavens from the earth. In other words, when the world was created, it seems to be created with this annoyance, which we can fix by bringing the heavens into the world that we accommodate, right? The I'll read it again. We include, right? is all the words we say when we daven in the morning. We have the upper with the lower and the lower with the upper, right? As we can, we create a, a, a different reality, right? Where there's no separation between heavens and earth. And that is also, we look around and we say, look, there's something wrong here. There's night and there's day. Why should there be night and day? Why can't there be a reasonable resolution? And all day, 24 hours long, we should have enough light to kind of... Uh, you should have enough light, 24 hours a day, to be able to work and to be able to rest. Why do we need light, a lot of light, and darkness, a lot of darkness? He says, this idea of yom day and night, 
is connected, of course, to sun and moon. We see in the parasha in Breshit, right? God created uh, luminaries. The luminaries, one was called the sun and one was called the moon, and that made the day and the night. And he says, we have to fix that. Sheibichinat chamalva, nasheim bichinat aspaklaria hameira. Aspaklaria hameira is what is the state of consciousness <coughs> that is attributed <coughs> that is attributed to prophets, right, and to Moshe Rabbeinu especially. And then aspaklaria sheina meira. That's the lower level of prophecy. You remember that? That phrase? Yeah. From? Kedusha of the Mitzvah Sparma. Kedusha of? Oh. Yom Kippur. What? Yom Kippur. I.E. Rosh Hashanah. I.E. Unisana Tokif. Unisana Tokif. Is that really? Oh. What? Unisana Tokif is the. Uh, it's like the most beloved piyut that we have. No attempt to get rid of the Sana Tokif from the sitter was successful. Some Svartan don't say it, but most of them do. And the Balatanya tried to take it out of the sitter, but the people kept saying it. So in that, in the Nisana Tokev, is an introduction to Kedusha. It's an introduction to Kedusha. Kedusha starts with the words Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. That's Kedusha. So before that, the end of the Nisana Tokev refers to Dore Malo and Dore Mata. If you say, there's a terrible situation in the world because there's the upper world and the lower world. We don't like that. What we want to do is fix it. What we want to do is fix it. We want to make it all one. Make it all one meaning we want to have days that are tmimot. We want days that are tmimot. In other words, again, <coughs> I can't swear at the Omer. Because Svirata Omer has an independent importance for us. And the independent importance of Svirata Omer is that we can make the days into Tmimot. And making the days into Tmimot means that we neutralize the distinction between day and night. And that's why we have to count every day at night, at the beginning of the day. So that the day begins from the night, meaning that's the way we want the world to be. So that we not only count, according to Rav Nosson, we're not only counting the Omer to find out where we end up, but we're counting the Omer in order to determine that there's a better world that we would like to be a part of. And that's why we count the Omer at the beginning of the day, which is the nighttime even though many mitzvot we do during the daytime, like netilat lulav, for example. We only take the lulav during the day. You know, people are wide awake and happy. (coughs) 
אוקיי? אוקיי. נו. בחינת הערת דאור דורי מעלו והערת דורי מטו כמובן בתורה הנ"ל שכל זה בחינת סבירה. All of this, all things I've said up to now about the davening, about the night, about the day all of this has to do with סבירה סבירת העומר means בחינת וספרתם לכם שבע שבתות ומירות תהיינה that פוסוק שצריכים לספור הימים. Why do we count the days? כדי שכל יום ויום יהיה זה בחינת ספירה, בחינת וספרתם לכם, שבע שבתות שצריכים לספור ימים כדי שכל, I'm sorry, I went back over the same line, כדי שכל יום ויום יהיה תמים ושלם that even though Torah is always uh, connected to light, right? there are many, many statements of Chazal that equate Talmud Torah with light. Nevertheless, the best time for Talmud Torah is at night. Which means, according to Rabbi Nossam, that you could turn the night into day or into light, the darkness into light by learning Torah. So that even though, even though it's interesting that each day we count at the beginning of the night in order to include the night and the day in our kind of wish for a different kind of world, it all leads us to Shavuot, which became Right, it's not in the Torah, but it became the day of Matan Torah, the holiday of Matan Torah. It's interesting. It happened on its own. I wouldn't say it's like Lag Ba'omer, but I just want you to say that sometimes things happen on their own. They happen on their own. Okay. Okay. That's enough. Have a good Shabbos. Shabbos. Well, I guess that explains the... the pray that, that in Kedush Levana that the wow. light of the moon should be like the light yeah. of the sun, then we'll have this, I guess it ended good, this distinction. Good, thank you, thank you. He didn't, he didn't quote that, but that's good. I, being a Litvak, when I read that in Kedush Levana, I said, 